Hey, you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Socially Modern podcast today. We just wanted to give you a heads up that we don't have a new episode for you today, but we are actually going to revisit one of our very favorite episodes that we released earlier this year. Don't worry, we'll be back next week with new episodes, but for now, we hope that you enjoy this episode throwback. Hey, I'm Jesse, And I'm Stephanie. We are two Arizona realtors who have built multi-million dollar businesses using only social media. And now we're bringing you our best kept secrets and social strategies to grow your small business online. So grab your coffee and a notebook and let's dive into Socially Modern. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Socially Modern Podcast, your first episode in the new year. I am your host, Stephanie. And I'm Jesse. Happy New Year, guys. We made it. We made it through 2020. Oh, boy. <laughs> what a year. Am I right? I, you know, and I feel like the year was equally crazy, but it was so good, too. Same. I talked to so many people that there were a lot of good things. So we're going to choose to focus on the good. Yes. Focus <laughs> on the good. Focus <laughs> on the good. I'm really excited, though, kind of jumping ahead. I'm really excited because we are at the end, you know, in a few episodes, we're going to actually like lay out all of 2020 for you guys. Like so excited about this. I'm so excited about that idea because I love being able to just like lay out full disclosure. Like you guys, this is going to serve as a trailer for this episode, but like we're going to talk about like what we made income wise, our wins, our losses. Like we're going to lay it all out for you guys. Open books. Yeah. Talking about the real numbers. Crun yeah. Crunch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited for that episode. But obviously, that's not what this episode is about. This episode is all about how to determine your ideal client, which is something we've talked about so much in so many previous episodes that we felt like, okay, <laughs> we need... We're going to dedicate one episode. Exactly. We need one episode to just tell you guys how to determine your ideal client because it's such a, an important part of your marketing strategy. Like you can't not have an idea of who your ideal client is. Right. And first and foremost, we're going to tell you why do you need to know your ideal client? Yes. It's why? so crucial to narrow down your content to a specific person. Mm -hmm. We really, really need to know who are we talking to when we're marketing? Yeah. It just makes it so much easier to plan content in advance when you know who you're talking to. If you're trying to talk to everybody, then it's just going to be that it's a very, that's a general, that's a very broad audience. Like definitely you're not nailing down pain points, which we've talked about before, um, connection points, which we've talked about so many times and that kind of thing. When you're talking to a general, very broad audience, it's just hard. It's so hard and you're going to feel jumbled too. Mm -hmm. And your audience will quite honestly sit there and look at some of your posts and feel uninterested because you're not talking to them. Yeah. Like you'll miss so many people because they don't feel like that that message is for them specifically. Like you want people to scroll through your content or watch your stories or whatever and be like, I feel like this was made or written for me. For me. Yes. 
And I get messages, and I'm sure you do too, from people that are like, this is me. This is so me. Help me. Yeah. I <laughs> feel like, you know, you wrote this with me in mind. Like, this is a sign or <laughs> or whatever. Right? You know? The stars are aligning. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it, it just knowing your ideal client helps you just speak to the right people in your marketing because marketing uh, is such a, oh, it's such a broad thing. But you just, and it can feel overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But when you have your ideal client in mind, now it's all of a sudden making sense and you know what you need to do. Yeah. You it, know what kind of work to put in. It's just super, uh, especially if you're new in your industry or something like that. Like if you're a new agent, there are so many different types of clients that you could potentially try to talk to and every I mean I'm just running through like different categories or niches I guess in real estate you have luxury you have first-time buyers you have sellers you have um you know out-of-staters out-of-staters new build retire pe- <laughs> retired people like there are so many then we different can break it down categories yep you know but think about this like how do I buy my first house is a question for only one group of people versus like a luxury person might need to know something about, I mean, I don't serve luxury clients, so I can't even think of a question, right? But what do showings and things look like in a luxury market? And, you know, what does that entail? What kinds of open houses, broker events happen? And so it is, it's different. There There are different types of marketing strategies across the board. And so we really want to narrow in so that we're not feeling overwhelmed when we're trying to talk to our people. Yeah. We want to talk to our people. My favorite analogy, I've used this so many times when I talk to new agents, when I've talked to my husband and trying to help him with his marketing and stuff, it's you want to become a big fish in a small pond versus a small fish in a big pond. So think about how many real estate agents there are in Arizona, like 80 some thousand or something like that. So many. And if you are, you know, if you've decided on a very specific ideal client, like for me, it's first time home buyers. I all of a sudden from that 80,000, maybe, I don't know, maybe 500 to a thousand different agents only focus on first time home buyers and sellers. Then I've just become a bigger fish in a small pond versus one agent out of 80,000. You've made yourself an expert in your area. Yep. And when you're the expert, you become that leader and people feel the need to follow you. Mm -hmm. Even like among other agents, like I think to myself, okay, so I've had friends and family and previous clients that have referred to me to their friends and family as the first time homebuyer expert, you know, but even looking at other agents, like if I had a client that came to me and wanted uh, some land, right. You know, I would come to you for advice because that's kind (laughs) of like what you do is you help people with buying like a half acre, acre or more of land and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool to be able to know that among other agents too. Like you're not just branding yourself or claiming expertise, you know, to potential clients, but also to your peers, which can be helpful. Very, very helpful, especially when you have a good network. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you can come and now, you know, you and I would talk about 
a client that's buying land. Um, when I first started in real estate, I was going live on Facebook. It's, um, you know, I talk about this often and I was doing model home tours. And so I really unintentionally dubbed myself as the person to go to who knows so much about new construction, new builds and, um, how that all worked. And so I did have a lot of people, even agents, that would reach out to me and say, hey, I know that you know all the new builds in the area. Can you tell me, like, is there one like this? Mm -hmm. You know, and I was like, okay, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Realtors are messaging me, asking me these questions too. Mm -hmm. So it was it was cool to see. And when I first started, I, I felt like I was dabbling. I didn't really realize what I was doing just yet, but I was I was laying the groundwork for who my ideal client was and becoming an expert and a leader in my area. Mm -hmm. Now that you know why it's important, let's talk about, okay, now how, how do I actually determine my ideal client? The big question. <laughs> it it's, it's pretty loaded. So there's so many ways to determine your ideal client, but to just talk about some very generic specifics right off the bat is let's just talk about your general demographic, right? What does my ideal client's age income and family dynamic look like? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I say this a lot, but I was um, a younger mom. I had little kids and I just naturally gravitated towards, of course, other moms and families, as did they to me. Mm -hmm. And so it was very natural to talk about home buying with other young families just because we had things in common. Mm -hmm. So that started to take shape. And because of my background in design and, and um, real estate combined with the new builds, I just started doing a lot of that too. So I had a lot of new builds going on, a lot of families, you know, and so that was kind of like, okay, I kind of have a type. It's kind of like dating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's my type. This is what it would be, um, you know, and, and then they're out here like using my services and then we really have to sit there and think, okay, who do I want to use my service and buy my product? And if you're going to sit here and answer anybody, then that is not the answer. That's the wrong That's answer. That's the wrong answer. We were talking about this and it's like, of course, you know, especially if you're new in your industry, you're probably like, I would sell my product to anybody anybody who wants to buy from me right now. Mm -hmm. And that's all fine and gravy, whatever. But at the end of the day, that's not your ideal client. You have not honed in on who your ideal client is. And you really need to think about this and consider it. Like I have clients that I walk away from selling them a home and I want to keep in touch with them. And maybe we hang out even after they've closed on their house because we had things in common. Yeah. And it just felt very natural and awesome, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, once you are in a in a position where your business is doing well and, you know, you're you're going to end up serving people that are not your ideal client or customer. It's just it's going to happen. That's a normal thing in business. But knowing who your ideal client is is such a, an important thing specifically for your marketing. Like, yes, you know, so I mean, you want to get to the really nitty gritty. Like you want to like, like Stephanie just said, age, income, family dynamic. Are they married? Do they have children? Are they single? Do they have pets? You know, what do they do for work? 
What's their income look like? Because income, especially if you're in an industry like real estate, that's a big deal. Like if I'm wanting to sell million dollar homes to people, <laughs> someone who's making 50,000 a year is not going to be my ideal client. Like No. And you got to figure out where, what circles, what social circles do you need to place yourself in and where do you need to market yourself and network Yeah, to be in that realm of people. Mm -hmm. So you're really like finding your tribe, yeah. figuring out who those people are and, and where are they at? What do they do? Yep. What is their lifestyle like? Mm -hmm. What are they into? I mean, you know, going back to real estate, we're always going to go back and reference real estate because that's just what we do. But there are realtors out there who specifically focus on horse property yeah. who are all into, and you know this, the terms better than I do, but like rodeos and um, I don't know, maybe they did 4-H growing up or whatever. Yeah. They're, that's just what they're used to and what they're into. And there are people who I know that will go to every single in-town rodeo event because they know everybody there. Yep. And that's their sphere of influence and that's their ideal client. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your ideal client really ends up being like a reflection of who you are. 100%. Like when I think about my ideal client, my ideal client is a first-time homebuyer someone who is between the ages of, you know, 25 and 35. So the millennials, um, they're more than often in a relationship of some sort, whether they're married or just with a long-term partner. They don't have children. I don't have children. Maybe they have pets. I have pets. <laughs> you know, they, they really do look like you, they right? Make, you know, they make a, a very similar type of income to me and they want to live in the same area as me. Right. You know, that's my ideal client. Like it's basically almost a carbon copy of me. <laughs> but know? it's so true because then at the end of the day, we've always said this through our whole podcast is that you have to have your connection points mm -hmm. and your connection points are just things, hobbies, things that you're into that, you know, make up who Jesse is. And now your clients are finding you through those connection points and they relate to you, and now you've posted something about real estate that speaks to them because you know who your ideal client is, and now they're messaging you. Mm -hmm. So it di directly affects your business in a positive way financially, not to mention that now you've narrowed in, especially on location. When we talk a lot about location, especially in real estate, it's like, I don't want to have to travel an hour away because it's it's not good for my business, realistically. Mm -hmm. And even my husband, who owns a pool business, he very early on was like, Queen Creek and the surrounding cities is the area that I service. Mm -hmm. And he won't even have his office not in that middle area of this yeah. because he's like, it makes no sense. I need to be able to be centrally located and have my guys, my trucks, my everything that I need right here. Mm -hmm. Makes no sense for me to travel very far. Yeah. And that's a big thing if you're a very like um, location heavy type of industry. Like if you're an online store or something like that, like that's a little bit different. I mean, I still think you should have an idea of where, I mean, especially if you're shipping products because shipping products internationally is very different. And a lot of businesses don't even launch with the ability to do international shipping because it's very different. So, I mean, it's still important, but for people like, service providers in a very specific area. I mean, you know, uh, we talked about this in um, one of the previous podcast episodes, but making the best financial decision for your business when it comes to who you're wanting to serve, like it may not make financial sense for you to serve a client in a different area. 
you know, and that's at the end of the day, you have to do what makes the most sense to your business. Right. Financially. If you're not making money on the deal, you can't do that every time and still be in business a year from now. Right. Make a good decision here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, where you are located is a big, you know, a big question for determining your ideal client, especially if you're in an industry that requires you to travel or something. Yes. I feel like all of this is just so important. Like, and of course we've said this, but knowing your ideal client just really helps you master your marketing. Mm -hmm. So really dig deep and think about who you are and what kinds of clients have you done business with that you walked away and you were like, that felt really good. I, I enjoyed working with those people um, and then you can narrow in. And we talked about on one of our past episodes, you know, to make sure that you're watching your analytics and your insights. Um, Instagram is great for this. Mm -hmm. And uh, then like I go and look at mine and it fits exactly the demographic that I like to work with. Mm -hmm. So I have, you know, mostly my clients or mostly my followers, I should say, they're all on um, this side of town. Mm-hmm. They're all within a certain age bracket that is very close to my age. Mm -hmm. And most of the time when I'm talking about real estate, I'm usually getting a wife or another mom on the other end that's reaching out to me that's like, hey, this is like what we're doing. And a lot of times it's like, I want to get the kids into their school district, you know, during the summer or whatever. And like, mm -hmm. I know the challenge. I know it all. Yeah. <laughs> and so we just, we, we relate and it makes sense. And, um, you know, it's very casual as far as our conversations go, because I get them and they like that. Clients like to feel like you understand them and you know their, their battles. I can't tell you how many times I've had someone reach out to me or DM me and say, I'm so glad I found you because I feel like you're my age and you understand where I'm at and, you know, X, Y, Z versus, I mean, no shade to, you know, older real estate agents, but I mean, I don't know. I like utilizing younger professionals who are in my age group because they get it. We all grew up, we all experience the same things, you know, <laughs> at, at roughly the same ages and stuff like that. Like I've gotten a ton of messages that are like, I'm so glad I found you. Cause like, you know, my mom referred me to her realtor who's like 55 years old and, you know. And they just didn't jive. And the reason being is they're they're just in such different places in their life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one day we'll be there. We'll be older and we'll be servicing a certain the demographic. <laughs> but <laughs> it's because that's who we relate to and we understand their problems. Mm -hmm. So every time that we're talking about like marketing on your social media profiles, it's going to come back to really understanding what they're up against. Yeah. What do your clients need to hear from you? Mm -hmm. How can you be the key to unlocking the door of their success in whatever that looks like for the service providers? And of course, that's a little dramatic for some of us, like if it's like hair and, and makeup and stuff. Yeah. But there are people out there that it's like, you know, it, it is scary to go out and get your hair colored blonde. So you probably want to go to a blonde specialist. Like mm -hmm. there are hairdressers out there that have now identified themselves as that niche market. And so they're doing it too. Mm -hmm. There are lash artists that are the volume experts, mm -hmm. you know, or a natural look expert. So I mean, it, photographers have been doing this for a long time, a long time. I tell people photography is an art. So you have to really pick somebody that edits in the style that you like. They're yeah. artists. So I mean, I wouldn't go to a um, 
I'm trying to think of a category. Like I wouldn't go to a sports photographer for like a family Family photography, session. right? Or there's people out there that are solely wedding photographers. Yeah. And they're they they're good at what they do. That's why they niche themselves as a very specific type of photography. Yep. And I mean this kind of goes uh along with this point here, which is like where do you feel like your expertise lies? Do you have previous experience in a previous career, in your life, or something that you can pull from that will help your clients? Like for example, one of the girls on our real estate team has her master's in real estate development, and she can use that experience from that degree and kind of use that to differentiate herself from other real estate agents. Right. So, I mean, think about it, you listening to this, you know, do you have any previous experience that you can rely on? Any personal interest? Like for me, I could... I could see myself becoming a horse property real estate agent because that's an interest that I have. I'm not quite there yet in my business, but I could see myself getting there. Oh, definitely. It's a personal. You know so much about it because you you live that world and that lifestyle. Yep. It makes sense. It makes so much sense. I have a lot of people that the reason that I did new builds for so long too, and I still do them, but I was just hyper-focused on it, was that my background was in interior and architectural design. And so I would go and help my clients design their houses, mm -hmm. which before I did real estate, I helped people remodel their houses. So anything kind of in that realm um, makes sense to me and I understand it really well. And I will have people that reach out to me today that are like, I'm looking at maybe a fixer upper on some land, which is what I live right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's nice because, yeah, I can go walk a house with them and I can ballpark numbers, you know, just rough. But I can say, you know, from experience in my own personal home, but also in remodels, like, yeah, you know what? You're probably looking at X amount in cabinets in this house. You know, you're probably going to spend around 20 to 30,000 just in cabinets, mm -hmm. you know, or something like that. Whereas some people don't have that knowledge right off the top of their head. And so, you know, or remodeling, which is like something that I love. I love, yeah. love, love. I can envision walls moved and, um, you know, spaces redefined. And so that's really fun. I have clients that love to do that with me when we walk houses. And that's what makes you different. And again, like we've said this before, like some, anybody could get real estate from anybody. Right. You know, but what makes you different? Yep. You know, and knowing who your ideal client is makes you different from the agent next to you who is just trying to sell a house to anybody. I think you'll just do and actually, I don't even think I know you will do so much better when you identify your ideal client mm -hmm. and specifically narrow in on them for your marketing. And then in turn, your profit increases. And for me, it's a happiness thing, too. I'm working with people that want to work with me because of what I bring to the table. Yeah. And that's huge. And it can be really daunting and really intimidating to kind of let go of that mindset of I, well, I'm letting go of, of so much business, so much business to focus on this one. But what kind of mindset is that? A scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset. Yep. Check your mindset. Don't do it. Do not enter that dark black hole. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it can be daunting. Like I, I will acknowledge it. It's really daunting. I let go of the idea of doing business in the West Valley to focus on business in the East Valley. 
And this is how I pay my bills, you guys. Like it's a really intimidating thing to let go of potential clients. But at the end of the day, it's gonna make me happier. I'll be able to service more people because I'm closer to home. And just overall, I'm in a better mood because I don't have to drive an hour, hour and a half to go show homes. Exactly. Or <laughs> to go show a home. To go show one home. <laughs> Which happens. Then, you know, yeah. So, I mean, uh, you, you will have to kind of check your mindset a little bit on that. But we don't grow if we don't grow our minds. So... I think that's a great place to leave off this podcast. <laughs> we are done. <laughs> Drop the mic. Awesome. Okay. Well, you guys go out there, consider who your ideal client is. And Jesse and I are going to have a little bit of a freebie, a goodie for you. Um, feel free to go check the notes. Yeah. The sh- in the show notes, we will have a link to just a Google worksheet, a Google doc. You can print it out or you can just download it to your computer and whatever. But it's going to walk you through all of these questions that you have to answer about your ideal client to really help you identify who that is. So you can go out and start creating content on social media for them. Become the expert in your area. Love it. (laughs) All right. We hope you guys have an awesome day. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and we will catch you next time. See ya. Bye.